0: Good morning. I love to look at the stars at night. I even have a telescope that I like getting out. I probably had it more out when I lived in Roma and Bundaberg because I could see the stars a little better there than here. But I would, I'm determined one day to actually get out to Charleville uh, to go to the observatory where Owen and Emma went on their camp trip in year four and five because I'd really love to go and see the stars from there. But the Magi from our story today are extremely interesting and they're often referred to as wise men or kings. They appear on their journey with camels, carrying their gifts that we're all familiar with, gold, frankincense and myrrh. They are in search of the Messiah. The Magi are astrologers, wise men from Persia, now modern-day Iraq. They were pagans from the east that travelled to Jerusalem. The Bible is somewhat vague on the details about these wise men. Wise men typically means those who have wisdom through the investigation and interpretation of the movements of heavenly bodies. Many people from the East are known to be watchers of the stars, often divining special meaning and purpose. They represent something of Eastern wisdom. In the book of Daniel, we might remember that the wise men helped our kings understand their dreams and visions. Daniel rose to a prominent position in Babylon and was outspoken about his faith and the coming of the Messiah. This may have influenced numerous generations of Eastern intellectuals. Our Magi, wise men, wouldn't have travelled alone as in those days it wouldn't have been safe for them to do that and to travel with only three or however many we were talking about this morning. It's more likely that they travelled in a caravan of people and presented their gifts on behalf of the entire delegation that they were travelling with and bowed down to worship Jesus. Worship is the proper response to Jesus the Messiah. The worship of Jesus is emphasised at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew with the Magi who seek and find the Messiah to worship and at the end of this Gospel in chapter 28 verse 16 the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Jesus' followers worshipped him upon his resurrection. In our story today, we see the contrast between the responses to Jesus from the Magi and Herod. As Daniel Darling says, what is clear to us is that the Magi were earnest in their desire to find the King of the Jews. They combined their knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures with a reliance on astrology. Scripture speaks pretty strongly against looking to the stars for meaning, but here is the heavenly bodies, To direct them to his son. The Bible doesn't condone astrology, but it does show us that God is willing to meet those who genuinely seek him. Consider how God met us. My guess is that few of us were completely sound in our theology when we first met Jesus. And yet, God can meet a seeking sinner with impure motives and uncertain beliefs and point that soul to his son. Consider our story today, God was and is able to use all of creation to announce the gospel. In the story of Luke at the birth of Jesus in chapter 2, the shepherds were in the fields and an angel appeared to them and said, don't be afraid. And then a crowd of heavenly armies, they were praising God. And in Matthew's gospel, God uses a star to guide those afar to Bethlehem. To worship Jesus. The creator of heaven and earth used a star to draw people to himself. Matthew's gospel emphasizes Jesus as king, and he is contrast to another king, Herod. He was known as Herod the Great, a bloodthirsty ruler of the Jews who had no real interest or appreciation for those he ruled. He had no belief in the Bible or God and was an Edomite, and was a descendant of Esau. Jesus is a descendant of Jacob, and Jacob was a man of integrity. We all remember the story of Isaac and Rebekah's twins jostling in the womb before they were born. She asked God what was happening, and the Lord said to her in Genesis 25, 31, or 20, 23, sorry, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the elder will serve the younger. Esau was born first and therefore entitled to the family birthright and covenant between God and Abraham. The birthright was a link in the line of descent through which promised Messiah was to come. Esau was a skillful hunter, and Jacob was content to stay home amongst the tent. Esau was a godless person who gave away his birthright for a meal. This illustration demonstrates that he put worldly attractions, for example his temporary hunger for a meal, over spiritual blessing. Esau traded the Lord something sacred for something to fill his stomach. That is how unimportant the greater blessing was to Esau, and Esau is an example to all of us, to hold firm to what is truly valuable, rebuking the desires of the flesh. King Joash, in our Old Testament reading, reminds us that one's goodness cannot depend on another. And in the case of the advisor Jehoiada, because when he died, all the virtue that had characterized his life was laid to rest with him in the dust. Yeah. King Joash was weak and had no power in resisting the force of circumstances. He went from worship of God to worshipping idols. Herod was a strong, wicked king who held tightly, protected his own interests, possessions and power at any cost. He was threatened by the birth of this new king. He too gave in to the desires of the flesh and was godless. The scribes and the chief priests were more fearful of Herod than of God. So when they requested that he tell them about where the Messiah was born, they told him in Bethlehem, in Judea, as it was written by the prophet. When Herod heard that the Magi were searching for the Messiah, he ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance and sent them to search for him. Herod let others, the Magi, search for Jesus and report back to him when they had found him. Herod pretended that he wanted to worship the new king and his plans were thwarted when the Magi did not return. Herod was threatened by a baby born to be king because he wanted to continue to rule as king. As king he had power and wealth, possessions, authority and was corrupt in his ruling of the people. He didn't want to give up anything that was including his worldly possessions. He did whatever it took to stay in power. He was so resolute that he ordered the treacherous killing of innocent male children up to the age of two. Herod was a tyrant, malevolent, self-serving and selfish, and everything revolved around him in his world. Conversely, the Magi travelled from the east, a long distance in search of Jesus. They were quite the opposite in their attitude responding to the birth of Jesus than Herod. In that way, they were open, they were trusting and vulnerable to set off on a potentially difficult journey to a foreign land to worship a foreign king. Their journey would have been a great cost to them, of time, preparation and gifts, The gift they brought were fit for a king and they would have been obtained at great cost to them as well. Perhaps maybe all they had to sell everything that they had to purchase these gifts. The Magi were willing to risk everything to make this journey, even their lives. They were willing to give sacrificially. They longed to see the one who was prophesied to come and to be the king of kings and rule over God's kingdom. They weren't just curious seekers. They were outsiders, Gentiles, who were searching for the true king so they could acknowledge, worship him, and present him with gifts fit for a king as an act of devotion and worship. They worshipped Jesus when he was just a small toddler. At the centre of their hearts Their life, their world, the Magi had placed God and his Messiah. Their goal was to worship and serve their king. The Magi understood that the Messiah was our Emmanuel, God with us, and that he was worthy of all their worship. The Magi are a great reminder that God's promise to send a Messiah who would be king for all the nations and not just the Jews And that we, as outsiders and Gentiles, are indeed included in the global kingdom. The beautiful diversity of the kingdom of God, as Darling puts it. The Magi's journey is a great prompt this Christmas season for us. To focus on our Messiah, Jesus. All too often we focus on ourselves and not fix our gaze on the King of Kings we are reminded to ask ourselves, is Jesus the centre of our life, our hearts, our world? Are we open, willing to adjust, change and to grow like the Magi? Or is there a little Herod in us that we may not want to admit? When Jesus enters our lives, we may feel he disrupts our power, It can be all too easy to look back on the tyrants like Herod in Jesus' day. But we may miss the Herod in our hearts, the ways in which we resist the way of Jesus in favour of our own pursuits, how quickly we put trust in worldly powers instead of our grounding our hope in the kingdom of God, and how easy is it to marginalise the little people who seem to get in our way. Herod assists us as a reminder that we can resist and fight against Jesus, or we can bow down and worship him like the Magi. Herod was consumed with fear, and the Magi were filled with hope. We too could be experiencing fear or hope, and that will depend on where we're looking. Mark Finley, the author of Hope of our troubled times, reminds us that if we are looking at our problems or the problems of the world, our hearts will be filled with fear. We need to look to Jesus and discover strength in his promises because in Christ we find confidence. In Christ we experience assurance. In Christ We are lifted above life's uncertainties and concerns, and our hearts are filled with security in the one who loves us with an everlasting, undying, unfathomable, exhaustless, endless love. The Magi were men of the East, wise, cultured and sophisticated, and they journeyed into a foreign land to worship a foreign king. They didn't find a typical king on a throne living lavishly in an impressive quarters with servants. Instead, they found a young child with his parents, Mary and Joseph, in Egypt, displaced in a foreign land, having escaped Herod. The Magi and Darling's words are those whose hearts were opened by God's leading, who were truly seeking Jesus. They saw what the prophets predicted what the angels serenaded, and what Mary understood. There, toddling in the dirt, in a dirty tunic, was the Son of God. And so, those prestigious men dropped everything and offered the only right response to Jesus, worship. Let us pray. Most High King, you deserve all our honour and praise. Forgive us for the many times we were self-centred and focused on ourselves that we became prideful, angry and annoyed with others, especially when we may have been caught up in the busyness of life, and particularly during the Christmas season, in effect negating your kingship. Help us to be more like the Magi who worshipped you with everything they had. What a privilege it is to worship you. Help us to take our eyes off ourselves and fix our gaze upon the King of Glory and worship him today. This we pray in the precious name of Jesus, our King of kings. Amen.